As I mentioned, uh, heading into the break, uh, this Sunday is the Solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity. This is uh, a gorgeous day for us liturgically to reflect on the the great mystery of the Holy Trinity, but it also has uh, one of the most memorable and famous of all of the gospel passages, and that is John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. A very important passage, a very memorable passage. Um, Pope Benedict XVI in uh, his encyclical on love made the observation that being Christian is not the result of an ethical choice or a lofty idea, but the encounter with an event, a person which gives life a new horizon and a decisive direction, and we see that in this gospel passage. To help us unpack this passage, uh, as well as to reflect a bit on the Holy Trinity, I'm joined by Peggy Stanton, who's the author of From the White House to the White Cross. She's a dame of the Order of Malta. She was ABC News' first female Washington correspondent. She's hosted many programs on Ave Maria Radio, including the Malta Minute with the Catechism. Her first book was... uh, the Daniel Dilemma, The Moral Man in the Public Arena, and her newest book that I actually talked to her just a couple of days ago about is The Order of Malta, Minutes with the Catechism. Peggy, it's a, a lot of fun to be with you again. Thank you, Matthew. It is great to be with you. I didn't expect it to be so soon, and it's wonderful that it is. <laughs> exactly. Well, here we are. I, I made a joke at the start of the hour uh, that uh, anyone who's been to uh, football games or, or sporting events, mm, right. where they put these banners up. You see John yeah. three sixteen, and yeah. back in the days before the internet, everyone would have to run to the Bible uh, to figure yeah. out what exactly this was. Now, helpfully, we can simply turn to the Google, and it, and it tells us. But this this passage, um, first, why would it be the, the choice for the solemnity of the Blessed Trinity? Well, because um, it, it, our Lord's coming also points to the Trinity and the indwelling of the twin, Trinity in our souls, which is something awesome to to contemplate have you ever contemplated that uh really heavily that um the whole trinity is indwelling in us if we're in the state of grace of course that's right and carl olson at uh, the the catholic world report uh, some a couple of years ago uh, actually it's about two years ago had a reflection on this very passage and he's remembering when he was uh, a young boy but then he, he looks at Nicodemus, uh, who sought this encounter with Jesus, um, mm-hmm. a Pharisee. He, he writes that he mm-hmm. came at night, fearful of being seen with Jesus. And, of course, in, in John's Gospel, the nighttime symbolizes the spiritual darkness, as he writes. Mm-hmm. But then Jesus gives him this decisive direction. And we see that in this passage. It, it is really a movement to light once we have that encounter with, with Christ. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, this whole emphasis on this Sunday is God's amazing love. Uh, it is uh, in paragraph 219 of the Catechism, it says, God's love for Israel is compared to a father's love for his son. 
his love for his people is stronger than a mother's for her children. God loves his people more than a bridegroom his beloved. His love will be victorious over even the worst infidelities and will extend to his most precious gift that he can give us, his only son. And, uh, you know, it says so much when in that one sentence, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And, of course, it's a huge mystery why he would he would let his son <laughs> suffer all he suffered and how could there be that much love in a in a even in a supernatural being you- yes exactly and then we uh have also in uh the the readings for this solemnity Early in the morning, Moses went up uh, Mount Sinai. This is from Exodus. As the Lord had Mm -hmm. commanded him, taking along the two stone tablets, having come down in a cloud, the Lord stood with Moses there and proclaimed his name, Lord. Thus the Lord passed before him and cried out, The Lord, the Lord, a merciful and gracious God, slow to anger and rich in kindness and fidelity. Moses at once bowed down to the ground in worship. Then he said, If I find favor with you, O Lord, do come along in our company. This is indeed a stiff-necked people, yet pardon our wickedness and sins and receive us as your own. Hmm. Well. It's, a, it's, it's a very interesting juxtaposition, it seems, with uh, the gospel reading. And then we go to uh, the Second Corinthians, where brothers and sisters rejoice, mend your ways, encourage one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the holy ones greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Another fascinating reading and how the three of them then come together, uh, stressing love and mercy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, you know, uh, I was listening to your previous segment and the discussion of legality and laws and uh, religious freedom and so forth. Uh, And I I thought, well, it's kind of appropriate that we follow this up with discussing God's incredible love. And, And he bases, as he said, Jesus said, his whole law on love and I don't think we do enough in, in our efforts to persuade people that life is so precious and that religious freedom is precious. We haven't succeeded, uh, Matthew, in persuading the American people that this is right thinking. And, and is it because we are determined that we will... Uh, create laws that force people to abide by those laws or or should we not be persuading people by by um, intelligent arguments and even the way we act with people uh, and and extend our love to people that we could change their minds yes exactly and this 
the title Son of God, uh, signifying this unique and eternal relationship of Jesus Christ to God the Father, is as the, the Catechism teaches us. He is the only Son of the Father. He right. is God himself. But as to be a Christian, one must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And there's this idea of, of coming to faith that we see in this passage of John 3.16. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and, and uh, it's often, isn't it interesting uh, that Jesus constantly, through the Gospels, stresses the fact that he is the Son of God and that we must believe that. And he had a very hard time convincing the people with whom he was walking the earth that he was the Son of God, particularly, obviously, the church authorities. Um, but, but it says in uh, paragraph 458 of the Catechism, the Word became flesh so that we might know God's love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live live through him. Um, so um, I, there's a lot that is said in very short sentences and short paragraphs sometimes in the gospel. I mean, our Lord said an awful lot in a few words. Yes, exactly. And this, again, the word became flesh, uh, and we, we see this uh, so that we can become partakers of divine nature, as St. Peter, mm-hmm. we see in that. St. Irenaeus says that, uh, for this is why the Word became man and the Son of God became the Son of man, so that man, by entering into communion with the Word and thus receiving divine sonship, might become a son of God. St. Athanasius, as you note, is, is even more dramatic, that for the yeah. Son of God mm-hmm. became man so that we might become God. That was... a a phrase that's often been misunderstood. Yeah, that, that uh, well, when you read that, and especially because God is uh, capitalized, um, and and um, Saint Thomas Aquinas is a little tamer than that when he says that uh, so that God be uh, Jesus, God became man so that man might become gods and small, small g. <laughs> Uh, because I can, I can see where people would say, well, we cannot become God, right? Absolutely, yeah. And, and Aquinas uh, notes that the only begotten Son of God, wanting to make a shares in his divinity, mm-hmm. assumed our nature so that he made man might make men gods. Mm-hmm. That, that aspiration of it, but that, uh, again, that confusion that people sometimes have, that I can become God. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. Yeah, that that uh, uh, there are an awful lot of people <laughs> in society today who think they are God. <laughs> but <laughs> well, we're seeing that too with um, transforming our natures. For example, is this idea that um, you can turn yourself into something else, uh, such mm-hmm. as changing gender, however you want to describe these things, uh, from from their perspective. Uh, from this standpoint, uh, there's a. a, a perhaps a misunderstanding of what these phrases mean, but also what we should be striving to be if we think that we want to be sharers in divinity. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, I think it is a, you know, you, you want to be so reverent, and so um, you don't want to be stepping 
into a supernatural realm to which you don't belong. Uh, but but uh, we are to somehow take part in divine nature if we if once we become if we make it to heaven. Correct. Absolutely. Uh, but let's also uh, turn while we have just a few minutes left uh, to this magnificent solemnity of the Holy Trinity. Okay. The, um, um, they were saying in, uh, in the Magnificat, if I'm sure many people have the um, little Magnificat missile that we can use every day, but there's a, a very interesting uh, uh, meditation on the Trinity Uh, which says a really determined effort to try to be more conscious of the presence of the Trinity in us can make a great difference in our spiritual life. An instance of this is the Carmelite of Dijon, Sister Elizabeth of the Trinity. She became intensely aware of the indwelling of the Blessed Trinity and centered her whole life on it and became very holy in a short time and says the more we remember the indwelling of the blessed trinity the more we shall learn to see all the truths and all the gifts of our faith in relation to it above all for instance the mass we can yeah. offer the mass in honor of the trinity exactly i, think, I hear that music that you means, do yeah. you know that <laughs> well pay farewell <laughs> great talking with you and look forward to having a conversation again in the future Okay, thank you, Matthew. Bye. All right, God bless. When we come back, uh, finish up the hour with a brief meditation. This is Cresta in the Afternoon.